This is the Life in the Front Office podcast. I want to first thank all of our listeners to making this a success and helping us continue to grow. We bring on sports executives and professionals from around the industry, all different aspects of the industry, to provide insights and advice for those who are trying to enter the sports industry or those who are already in the industry just looking to learn something new and continue to get better. If you like our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and visit our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com for more episodes. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, and really excited for today's guest, Shannon Ford. Uh, we're going to call her a jack of all trades. She, she wears a lot of hats. Um, she's got a really interesting story, and... Uh, I got to say, we've had Ted Robinson on our podcast. We've had Jim Cozumore. So we've had a couple couple legends up in the booth. But uh, Shannon does some work down on the field uh, as a sideline reporter. And um, really excited to have her, her on to just talk about, you know, how she got to where she is. Um, she's lived in Chicago and New York and now Cincinnati. So uh, definitely diving into some new cultures. Um, Shannon, uh, really excited to, to dive into... Um, really what being a reporter is all about and and uh, we'll go from there but welcome to the podcast thanks jake yeah as i like to say jack of all trades master of none (laughs) (laughs) well master of none you know maybe maybe not but tell us a little bit about you know what you're doing now how and how you got there Sure. So I moved to Cincinnati about a month ago. Um, Before that, I was a full-time traveling reporter for both Major League Baseball and Fox Sports Ohio. So I was kind of tag teaming Major League Baseball all around the country and then flying back and forth from Cincinnati to New York or insert city here um, to do reporting elsewhere. So in August, um, I landed a full-time gig with a company called Pro Football Focus here in Cincinnati. It's owned by Chris Collinsworth, former wide receiver for the Bengals, which is why it's here in Cincy. Um, and so I'm doing that full-time and then I'm still side hustling Fox Sports Ohio, although I don't think it's really a side hustle. It's also kind of a full-time job, which anyone that works in sports knows that multiple jobs are usually the way that it, that it pans out. Um, but yeah, so PFF full-time, and then Fox Sports Ohio, I am a feature reporter, a social media reporter, a sideline reporter across their Blue Jackets and Reds telecasts. So Blue Jackets are up in Columbus, hockey, and of course the Cincinnati Reds here just around the corner from me. So you must have a preferred airline or, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you got going, you know, going on the road so many days Nelson in a row? and Marriott all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> I was I w- I wouldn't expect anything less. You know, I, most most people who travel that much, you know, in the sports world have some sort of preference, um, and probably aren't picking any flight that you know they can possibly get on. So you got to Cincinnati. Um, you know, back up a little bit to twelve. You know, fifteen, seventeen years old. Like, how how did you get to want to be a reporter? Sure. Um. Hmm. So. My, I grew up in a family, my dad worked in sports kind of my entire life. Um, he worked for a company, he worked for Time Inc., um, which at the time owned Time, Fortune, Money, Sports Illustrated, um, among other brands. So 
over the years, I mean, he worked there for 25 years and over the years he became president of Sports Illustrated. So those were the glory days of media and especially sports media where wives and children were invited to all the events. Um, that's, of course, no longer the case. But um, so I kind of grew up just behind the scenes watching him work. He was on the sales side. So never, you know, never a writer, never um, on TV, but he exposed me to a lot of a lot of that talent. So I got to know really, really iconic editors, writers, um, talent at Sports Illustrated. And, you know, he, of course, was trying to protect me. And so he was like, Oh, you want to work in sports? Okay, we're going to put you to work. So I would go with him to Super Bowls, and he would make me kind of run around the room having athletes sign it. I mean, I remember Super Bowl in Miami. Um, we were at a dinner with the entire Manning family and he was like, all right, Shannon, we need an auction item. So we're going to have you go over to Archie and Eli and Peyton and have them sign this. And, um, and at the time I had no idea how cool that was. Um, I was a 15 year old trying to convince people that I was soon to be 16 because it sounded older and cooler. <laughs> um, you get your license. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be drive. 16 next month. Might as well be 16. Just round up. Um, so yeah, so I used to follow him around and I think he, his goal was to make me realize how much work working in sports was going to be and how much you have to give up because it's nights and weekends and, um, you know, wanting nothing but the best for me, but instead I just fell more and more in love with it and, you know, getting to know people, you know, trial by fire. And from there, I, I actually was still not, I didn't really know. I mean, at 15, 16, 17, 18, you name it. It's like, how do you know what you want to do with the rest of your life? It's such a daunting thought. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, I actually applied to all Big Ten schools and I didn't get in anywhere. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a Big Ten school. I'm going to be a sideline reporter in football. It's going to be great. Like my life is set. And then I didn't get in anywhere. And I was kind of shell-shocked, but uh, fell in love with Miami of Ohio, visited the campus, and I was kind of like, okay, this is a little bit like Wisconsin. I can deal with this. Um, of course, their football team, it exists, but it's not very good, and there's no tailgating. So I kind of fell off the reporting bandwagon and decided to just have fun in college and I bounced around majors. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think I was, I started as an English major because I wanted to be a teacher. And then I sat through a, a lecture on caring and then switched out of that and moved into business and all kinds of things. So I kind of bounced around and then ultimately got my job kind of following in my dad's footsteps, working in sports media in Chicago, where I was, um, working for a company called Optimum Sports, where we basically did sports advertising. So whenever anybody says brought to you by, um, I was representing the brought to you by sponsor. So kind of got to see the behind the scenes of a live telecast, live broadcast as I started producing for clients. And then from there, I met a, a guy at Fox Sports on a shoot. And we had been shooting for two days, not me, but the talent at the time. And I was kind of there as a supervisor. And he was like, Hey, have you ever thought about being on camera? You seem knowledgeable about sports. I was like, yeah, I mean, I have, but you know, my time's kind of passed. I'm so old at the time I was like 22, 23. <laughs> um, and I decided to come out and just shadow him on a shoot. He was a producer for, for big Fox. Um, 
on their UFC shoot. So I, I shadowed a UFC shoot and I just came out and, and had scripts kind of on my iPad and was, they were horrible scripts, but I, during a commercial break, I was like, Hey, do you think it would be okay if I went into the studio and just, you know, tried this and see if I actually like it. And so I did. And which is crazy. It's like my first experience on camera was in big Fox's studio, which is like so intimidating. I didn't even know there were people watching me on the other side, um, all that kind of stuff. And I fell in love with it. So fast forward five years and here we are. That's awesome. And so, you know, I ran into back, let's see, two years ago out in Arizona, you know, with the MLB Arizona Fall League, and you're, we were doing a, a youth clinic with the play ball and um, talk a little bit about some of the things that you got to do with, with MLB and a couple of the other organizations uh, that have really built up your experience over the last couple of years. Sure. So MLB gave me my break. I am so grateful to that organization. And I actually got my first job. Um, I was, I was, basically full-time doing sports um, marketing. And then I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster. So I was working nights and weekends, just trying to figure out how to do it. And um, lo and behold, after two years of doing that, I was like, all right, I, I just have to quit my job and move to New York because I have tried, I've exhausted all options here in Chicago. And everyone is saying, you know, you have a job, why are you applying, et cetera. And so I decided to pick up and leave, which for me wasn't terrifying because my family is in New York. Um, so it was kind of going home, but it was terrifying to leave a solid paycheck and all that kind of stuff. But when I did that, um, just serendipitously, it was when the Cubs were playing the Indians in the World Series. And I had just come off of a really big partnership deal with Major League Baseball and a client that I was working on at the time. So they got wind of me quitting Optimum Sports and called and said, hey, what are you up to? We want to hire you. Like, you know, with all due respect, I'm really not interested in a marketing job. And so they said, well, why don't you come up to the game tonight? It was World Series. I think it was game four um, at Wrigley Field and meet some people and we'll figure out what you want to do. So I went up to the game and basically had an interview at a World Series game. And they were like, OK, you want to be on camera? <laughs> you want to do this? all right, we know we like you. We know you're a hard worker. Um, we're going to put you on the youth reporter as a youth reporter. We've never had one before, but we have all these initiatives that are coming up. So that's what you're going to do. You're going to be a freelancer. I was like, okay, sounds great. Like that's my big break. That's my shot. And I don't think anyone knew at the time, just how much work we were going to do in the youth space. So um, Tony Regans, who runs, youth development and diversity for major league baseball. I got to know him pretty quickly. He's a former GM. He used to, or he was the GM of the angels uh, before he took his job with major league baseball. And, you know, we just, he, his goal is really to grow the sport and diversify the sport um, both within the U S and outside the U S. So we were traveling to, I mean, Arizona was like the most high profile place that we went, but everywhere from, you know, North Dakota to Flint, Michigan, and, you know, anywhere that baseball wasn't is where we were. So not really interviewing any big names, just, you know, kids that are coming out on a Saturday to play baseball, which is, you know, the sport in its purest form and watching it grow and, and being a part of that was, was really, really cool and a really unique opportunity. 
No, that's awesome. And I, I didn't even have to ask what your best interview was because I, I think your answer tops almost anyone's potentially. I mean, to interview at a, at a World Series game, that's pretty cool. Um, what was what was the thought behind going to this game and, you know, being able to sell yourself to these people to, you know, knowing that you could potentially get your break? Sure. Honestly, um, it all happened so quickly that I didn't have a lot of time to think about it or prepare. Um, <laughs> I think I quit on a, I don't know, let's call it a Tuesday. And by that Friday, I was going to a World Series game, which, you know, working in sports marketing, I had gone to a lot of high profile events. So for me, it, it wasn't out of the norm. Um, I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, a lot of people that are trying to either get into the sports industry or in my case, become a sports reporter, you're, you've gotten so used to, oh yeah, why don't you come on by? We'll have coffee or why don't you come on by? Well, I'll introduce you to some people and nothing comes out of it. So at that point I was like, all right, like, you know, not going to get my hopes up. I was actually kind of pissed to go to the game because I really, I, I'm a Cubs fan. So I really wanted to, I used to be, a, <laughs> I used to be a Cubs fan. Now I'm a Reds fan. Um, there you go. But I really wanted to watch the game. And I was like, if I'm in a suite, I don't know how I'm going to watch the game. And I have to talk to people. I'm not going to be able, I'm going to miss everything. And so I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? So I recorded it at home. Uh, went to the game and I mean, it was great. It, it was a lot of the people that I had worked with on the front office side. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't really intimidating for me. And again, I didn't know what was going to come out of it. And we ended up just having a good time and, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. And it wasn't until, you know, that was late October. It wasn't until February that we actually sealed the deal. So I was very much unemployed for a solid four months there. <laughs> everyone everyone's got their um what do you call it breaks in the resume but uh that's ultimately what what drives you know some people to be successful and um you know in your spot now with what you're doing uh the variety of of things that you get to experience and and uh report on uh, give us a little peek behind the curtain in terms of what's it like to be a reporter uh, for those who are you know maybe trying to get into the industry who don't know uh, maybe they were in, you know, a similar position to you where they didn't really know what they wanted to do. But like, what, what do you do on a day to day you know, basis? And, and um, how do you, you know, continue to try and get better at what you do? Sure. So every single day is totally different, which is so frustrating. I remember when I was trying to do this, I would talk to a zillion people. I mean, it's such a networking heavy business, just like anything these days. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But I would get so frustrated because I'm like, nobody can give me a path to how they became a reporter and nobody can tell me <laughs> what a single day looks like. And I was so frustrated by it. I'm like, there has to be a formula here. And there's just really not. It's, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, you must have been a journalism major. No, I wasn't. I was a communications and marketing major. I was like, all right, let's just pick the most generic thing that I can possibly do. Um, because I didn't know at the time. And, and that's okay. I think it's really important for people to realize it's okay to not necessarily know what you want to do. And it's okay to not be ready for it too, right? Like had I decided to become a sideline reporter in college and maybe defer a year and then go to a Big Ten school, um, 
I don't know that I would have necessarily been as gritty and as determined to put in the hours that it takes or the work it takes or the sacrifices that it takes to get to where I am today. It, it really was something where I decided this is something I want to commit to and it's okay that I'm not going to be at friends' birthdays or weddings or baby showers or whatever it's going to be because you do miss all that stuff. That's, that's the part that people don't really tell you about. Um, and my parents are so great. They, I mean, that Thanksgiving, I remember they were like, okay, are you sure you want to do this? Cause well, there's football on right now. So if you decide to do this, you're not going to be here for next Thanksgiving. And I was just kind of, I kind of rolled my eyes like, okay, mom and dad. Yeah, I definitely want to do this, but it's important. It's important for people that you love to ask you those questions because people don't really realize how much sacrifice goes into it. Um, so yeah, no, no two days are the same. So it's hard to say my day yesterday, for example. Um, so Sunday I was, you know, I spent all day Saturday watching college football. And then Sunday I got to the pro football focus offices around seven o'clock in the morning, started preparing um, for mid season standouts. Um, so it's halfway through the college football season. So uh, we did couple videos in the studio on that and then I spent the rest of the day watching football um, and just taking notes on the games and preparing for this upcoming week um, things that we were going to shoot videos we were going to do and then yesterday was kind of a crazy day because I was working double duty so I got to the pro football focus offices around seven was doing work was in the studio shooting things and then I left um, the office around two o'clock and drove up to Columbus which is about a two-hour drive and worked my first Blue Jackets game of the season so for that I was on the pregame desk uh, previewing some of the features that we're going to be putting together this season with the players and then I spent the entire game pretty much covering the the team on social media and then doing a couple hits on air as well so then got back in the car around 1030. It was, of course, an overtime game and um, <laughs> drove back to Cincinnati. So I walked in my door last night. I think I left yesterday at 630 in the morning and got home around 1230. So it was a long one, but it was good. <laughs> a, full, a full day of action, nonetheless. And um, you know, you mentioned that you were you were watching football and taking notes like so for so for people who don't know, right, you're like, yes, you're watching sports, but you're also you're not just like watching just to watch right. uh, the Chicago Bears because that might be your favorite team or I should say actually the Bengals now. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're actually taking notes, like trying to remember things, remember players. Uh, I mean, what what goes into the preparation process of you just went and did your first, you know, Blue Jackets game. Like what, what all goes into being prepared for those moments uh, that you are on air or you have to, you know, tweet, tweet the right um, comment at the right you know, point in the game? Sure. So um, for any given game, any live game that I'm working, I pretty much so whether it's Reds or Blue Jackets, I pretty much prepare the same way. So I keep notes on every single game throughout the season. So what happened, who scored, who put up points, who um, you know, was a healthy scratch who was put in the lineup for the first time, all that kind of stuff. So I have that as kind of a running list and I have that as a good, I do everything on Google drive. I have that as a Google doc. Um, so I can easily reference it. Okay. What did, you know, captain Nick Foligno do for the blue jackets last season, um, in game, whatever of, of the Stanley cup playoffs. So, um, I can easily reference that. And then I will go through, um, like the reds, for example, is probably an easier one. Um, if 
you know, there's, there's obviously a, a different pitcher every single day. So I'll go through, kind of go through his pitch mix, how he performed the game before, if it was a good game, what did he do well? If it was a bad game, what he didn't do well. Um, and then I look at the opposing team and how they prepare or how they perform against um, a certain pitcher. If, if it's somebody that we face all the time, like if it's Reds Brewers, you, you have a pretty good body of work that you can reference um, on how the matchups kind of go. It just, again, it just kind of depends. I read a lot. I read a lot of content online um, just to keep up with what other reporters are writing. And, you know, everyone has unique stories that they pull out of the woodwork, especially throughout um, the season, because whether it's baseball or hockey, they're both pretty long seasons. Um, so it's always fun to see what those people are doing. And then uh, on game day, it's usually either whether it's the clubhouse or the dressing room in, in hockey. Um, we have some time with the players ahead of the game. And so you ask questions, you know, lingering things, whether it's, you know, an injury update or something else. And in baseball, it's, it's a little easier because obviously they play every single day. So a lot of the time in the clubhouse, you know, you see those guys every day and it's, how's your wife? How's your new baby? How's this? And sometimes that turns into a story too. So um, as a sideline reporter, it's less about the nitty gritty of the sport, um, but you still have to be prepared for that and more about kind of the context of it. So, you know, so-and-so just had a baby girl and he was off for three days. How does that affect his play today, if at all? Um, so mm -hmm. just those types of things to be prepared for. Sure. And did you play sports growing up to where you know, you had this, this base of knowledge or have you had to learn, you know, whether it was hockey or baseball or, or football from, you know, kind of the ground up or was that part of, you know, being around the Mannings when you were 15 years old and, um, you know, being around the, the different events with, with your dad and, and growing up with Sports Illustrated? Yeah. Um, I played sports. I didn't play any of the sports that I currently report on. Um, so I couldn't, I mean, I can pull from experiences of being an athlete, but again, I mean, I was a high school athlete, so it's, it makes me laugh to say that, but for the most part, um, yeah, it doesn't even compare to the professional athletes and the work that goes in, but for the most part, um, I would say I've had to learn things from the ground up. And I say that because even though I grew up a sports fan, I think, anyone who works in sports, whether it's sports media, sports, you know, the front office, whatever you're going to do, you almost have to relearn the sport in the context of your job. So when I sat, when I started doing football this season, I, I grew up like football was the thing in our house. That's what we did. We watched football all the time. Every Sunday it was on. Um, and when I started in sports media, I was like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to do football. It's going to be so easy. I know the sport, I know it, whatever. And I ended up getting a job in baseball and then I got a job in hockey. And then three years later, I got a job in football. And over those three years, I didn't really know all that much about, I mean, I knew a lot about baseball, but like once I sat down and started reporting on it, I was like, girl, you don't know anything about this sport. Like you basically <laughs> have to like wipe your brain of like, what you know about the sport as a fan and relearn it as a broadcaster. Um, Cause there's just so many intricacies in every sport and you have to know the nooks and crannies. And so for those that are listening, what's the hardest part about being a reporter? Is it the, is it the constant grind from, from an, the hour standpoint, the travel, is it the, 
um, you know, you've got to kind of say the right thing at the right time all the time. Is it the preparation? What's, what's the hardest part that's, that's always challenging about your job? For me right now, it's the preparation. Um, and that changes all the time. But right at this current moment, it's the preparation. Just because, you know, I'm fresh off of a baseball season. Hockey has just begun. And football has also just begun. And it's my first full season working football. So it's I'm playing catch up a little bit. And my biggest my biggest thing, it's, it's funny. I was just telling somebody this today. Um, I really need to stop taking new jobs after seasons have begun because <laughs> because I'm I then spend the entire season playing catch up right so um rather than taking a football job in the off season sure Shan let's just wait until you know September and start then um versus you know starting the off season and having the entire off season to prepare um which is ideal obviously so now that I'm in I'm I just finished season two with the Reds and I'm just starting season two with the Blue Jackets. Those I pretty much know. I, I know some carryover players. I know uh, the front office. I know it's familiar. It's like any, it's like any job. Everyone's like, Oh my God, what's it like being a reporter? It's like any other job. The first six months suck. It's so hard to learn. <laughs> you're trying to figure out who's who and where you're supposed to go. And the bowels of a stadium, you get lost. It's a maze the whole nine yards. It's like every other job. There is a learning curve. It takes time. And so when you're like me and you're constantly picking up new sports, you're constantly playing catch up. So for me right now, it's the preparation that is definitely the most time consuming and the biggest challenge, just trying to figure out like, how do you balance, you know, a full-time football job and then a part-time hockey job? How do you justify where you spend your time? All that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, and, and, as you, you know, continue to gain the experience, um, you know, there's obviously more excitement with the different sports and the different events and, you know, all the, you know, the, the cities you go to, et cetera. Um, but as you, you know, most people would probably say, oh, you're a reporter. That's so great. You get to be around the players and, and in the locker room, like you were mentioning. Um, but as you and I both know, right, there's, there's kind of that, you, you definitely have to chuck the fandom to the side. Um, at the end of the day, a lot of the players, not a lot, all of them are just people like us. And um, you have to, you know, treat them just like people like us. And so what is it like to constantly be surrounded by the professional athlete scene um, to have to work in sports where you completely throw the fandom to the side? And, and that's at the end of the day, like that's your your job. Yeah, um, it's pretty easy, actually, to throw the fan part to the side because you know, once you're working, when you work for a specific team, you want nothing more than for that team to be successful, right? It makes your job easier. Um, if the Reds are doing well, the players are open to interviews, they want to do fun features, they, um, they're receptive to hard questions. When they're not doing so well, it's everybody just wants to get out of the clubhouse and leave because it's bad vibes. It's like, you know, anything else. Um, so that part is interesting um, for sure. So it's easy to be a fan of the team that you're working for because the team's success means mm -hmm. success for you. And tr truthfully, it, it makes your job a, a heck of a lot easier. Um, when you, for football, because I'm not working for a specific team, it's definitely different. I mean, I, I grew up a Packers fan. That was my 
grandparents had season tickets. And so I grew up going to, to games up at Lambeau, which if you haven't experienced it. It's an iconic experience. You have to go. Um, that's a bucket list, like career thing for me is working a sideline at Lambeau. Cause that's, that was the team that I grew up most idolizing. Um, so in that regard, I mean, when I'm watching football on Sundays, there's sometimes there's 10 games on at one time. So I always have the Packer game on and then I have other games on as well. Um, and <laughs> so I would say that's, that's the differences between working for a team and working kind of on behalf of the league a little bit or for a network. Um, your fandom doesn't necessarily sure. go away. It just, it just kind of depends. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so we've kind of dove into, you know, quite a bit in terms of being a sideline reporter and, um, you know, how you got to where you are. But for for Shannon and, and continuing the experiences, like what is – what's the ultimate goal? What's the ultimate dream of, of the sideline reporter industry? What is – you know, if you're – for example, you know, it's cliche, but uh, if, you're, if you're on the, you know, the baseball player side, you want to be a GM, right? So what's – what's the ultimate dream for a reporter? Is it, is it the front desk on, you know, ESPN? Is it, um, you know, sideline reporter in Lambo? Like what, what's, what's the deal there? Yeah. Um, you're going to hate my answer, but it, it honestly changes every single year, sometimes more than that. Um, and the reason being is twofold. One, the media industry is changing faster than most of us can wrap our heads around. So you have to be open to new things. Like, did I ever think I'd be a social media reporter? Absolutely not. But it's been fun. I've realized that it kind of is a gateway into the more fun side of the players, which is fun and makes my job when I'm on the sidelines a little bit easier. Um, I think the way the media industry is moving, we all need to be open to a lot of different things. Um, if you asked me when I started, I would have gone, I want to be Aaron Andrews and I want to be the number one sideline reporter on Fox. <laughs> um, if you ask me now, I say, I want to be Shannon Ford in whatever form that means. And I want to do that in the job that, that, that makes the most sense for me in terms of happiness. Um, you know, I I've done the road life. I'm now doing the desk life. Uh, there are pros and cons to both. Absolutely. Um, and there's not one that's better than another. So I don't necessarily know, which might be an unpopular answer, but I just try to keep myself open to whatever opportunity comes my way and just try to stay present and be in the moment and be really good at the job that I have. No, that's awesome. And I mean, I, I think it really goes back to when you said you were 15 and you were, you know, thinking about what you wanted to do and you had no idea. And then you were in college, you had no idea. And now, you know, you are where you are. And, and I think it, no, it, it just truly goes to show that no matter where you are, what job you have and, and what position you're trying to do your true best at, um, there's always opportunities as the industry changes and, and uh, unfolds new things. Or, you know, like you said, if you went to college and you told your, your guidance counselor, you wanted to be a social media reporter, they, and it didn't exist, they'd probably look at you all, you know, weird, right? So yeah, Instagram um, came out my junior year. <laughs> there you go see you, you didn't even know it existed. exactly um and and yet you were you know you were going for school to prepare for you didn't really know what and so I think uh, that's that's a great lesson to take away is um you still may not know you know you could be 40 years old you know 40 years old and, and still not know what you want to do um but as long as 
you know, you're, you're learning and, and getting different experiences and, and trying new things. Um, you know, the sky's the limit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's been the most valuable lesson I've learned from this whole experience is, you know, be where your feet are when they're there. And, you know, if you do the job that you currently have really well, the next job will take care of itself. Um, every job that I have gotten has been completely out of the blue. And as much as my type A personality wants to plan and know and, you know, <laughs> anticipate everything, it's just not the way that it works. And it's especially not the way it works in sports. Um, so I would say, you know, be open to new opportunities. And for people that are looking to get into sports or follow a different dream, whatever it might be, my advice would be to, to not be afraid to take risks because life is scary, but life is really short. And the way that I think about every, the way that I measure every decision I have to make is, well, what's my rock bottom? So if I, I'm a pretty positive person in nature, but you know, there's a lot of risk taking that's involved in this business. And so I have to level set with myself. And how I do that is I say, what's my rock bottom? Okay, I'm going to quit my stable job in Chicago without another job. And I'm going to move to New York. What's my rock bottom? Okay, I'll live with my parents and then I'll get another job. And it's really not that bad, right? Um, moving here, moving to Cincinnati was a huge risk. What if, what's my rock bottom? You get fired from all of your jobs and then you have to move back to New York and maybe live with your parents not that bad. It's really not that bad. Um, I'm super fortunate that I have parents that are willing to take me back in. Um, I don't think as I push the age of 30, they'd be super stoked about it, but <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, six months, no problem. Um, but you know, you just have to think about your risk isn't as bad as you're making it is and making it be in your head. And if you don't take the risk, you'll always wonder why, or you'll always wonder what if, and that that thought terrifies me more than the thought of failure, the thought of what if. So that's that's why I no, keep doing it. That's fantastic. Well, we really enjoyed having you on. It's it's been uh, it's been really great to to listen to your experiences and some of the insights into that part of the industry. Um, certainly, we'll we'll keep an eye out for for you. You know, at the the Blue Jackets and the Reds and. Um, and then, you know, where can we find you on Instagram and social media? Where can people, people watch you? Sure. I am Shannon double underscore Ford on both accounts, Twitter and Instagram. Definitely more active on Instagram. I really try to be active on Twitter, but sometimes I just am enjoying watching sports too much to actually tweet about them in real time. Um, but I am active on both platforms, um, pretty much daily. So you can find me, Shannon, double underscore forward on Instagram and Twitter. I want to take the time to thank you for listening to Life in the Front Office. And if you liked our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. And for more episodes, visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com. And please continue to share uh, with your colleagues on social media and Help us continue to grow. Thanks.